Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nat Town. Welcome to Nat's Nightly, coming to you live from a quickly emptying out National Park where the Nationals dropped a 5 nothing decision to the L.A. Dodgers today. Nat's Nightly sponsored by the District Sports page of FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols from the District Sports page and Federal Baseball's doghouse on the line. Tough outing the last few days, you guys. Dave, Zach Rinke on the mound today, 35 and two-thirds scoreless over the last five starts coming into this game, 3-0 and over that stretch, 0.76 walks per nine, 7.82 K per nine, 8-2 and in the first half, 1-3-9 ERA, 2-6-4-5, 190, 231, 226 line against, and 123 and a third innings pitch, the fourth longest scoreless inning streak in Dodgers history, which includes some pretty good pitchers. Up to 40 and two-thirds scoreless after a 64-pitch, one, two, three, fifth, a one-hitter to that point, two hits through six, seven scoreless on 103 pitches, ends up going eight scoreless to end the night with a 43 and two-thirds scoreless inning streak going, eight innings, three hits, zero runs, one walk, 11 Ks on the day, 119 pitches, just dominant outing in the last two days. We've all some sure they're in today, Granky. Yeah, you know, uh, this set up as a as a pitcher's duel with uh, Grinky against Scherzer, and it didn't disappoint in that regard. I mean, the, the final score obviously disappointed, but um, a couple of the uh, two of the best pitchers uh, in baseball right now going head to head today, and, and that's what we saw. I mean, the only run either one of them gave up uh, came on a wild pitch, so uh, it came as advertised. Grinky's just been spectacular um, again this season, uh, especially of late. You mentioned the the scoreless inning streak, which is um, which is really uh, kind of silly uh, at this point. But you watch him pitch, and you understand why he's so good. I mean, he's got such an assortment of pitches. Um, you know, he's got tremendous movement on his fastball, uh, can command it to all four quarters. Um, just if, if you enjoy pitching, if you're a fan of watching good pitchers pitch, then um, you know then he's a, he's a joy to watch. Um, on the other side, Scherzer. Um, was almost as good today, um, but not quite. I mean, Scherzer was pitching in and out of trouble all day. He had base runners on, um, ended up only going six, got pinch hits hit there um, as his pitch count uh, mounted in the heat, and that was really the difference uh, in the game today. Um, the Nets just couldn't get any offense going against Grinke, and um, and then the Nets bullpen blew up late in order to uh, um, to quash any idea of a comeback against uh, um, the, Dod- the Dodgers' closer. Okay, I'd say it's just bad luck facing Kershaw and Granky two days in a row, but in my experience, there's no such thing as bad luck. That's your first Star Wars foot of the day. Matt Williams talked about what Granky was able to do, balls out of the strike zone, on the plate, down on the plate, is the way he pitches, establishes low strikes and feeds off the aggressiveness down on the plate, so a lot of sliders, a lot of change-ups. What I was really really noticing was the sequencing was kind of ridiculous to try to face 92, 93 mile an hour with the fastball, drop down to 88, 89 with the changeup, and then down to 72, 73, sometimes 76 with the curveball on top of it. There's just no way to be prepared for what's coming, and he's throwing everything for strikes. just makes it extremely difficult to face him. Yeah, this is a pitcher who's not as, as dominant as Kershaw was, but who certainly has as good of a stuff. The only thing he's missing is that he's right-handed instead of a lefty, and his delivery isn't quite as deceptive. But if anything, if you look at his off-speed pitch, that that uh, that change-up, the power change he throws, looks just like his fastball, except the movement is completely different. And he's got a, a pretty live, uh, good moving uh, on, on his fastball already. So 
we saw this in the early part of the game. Nats hitcher, uh, pit, hitters were just going out there fishing and, and could not figure out that change until a couple times through the order. And, you know, okay, we can say it's, it's unlucky that the, the Nats run into the buzzsaw, I'm making quotation marks in my fingers, of, uh, of uh, Granky and Kershaw there. And uh, it's, it's bad luck in that that's exactly how Mattingly set it up for the Nats to face them. So I, I don't say we can say that's less uh, bad luck than it is a, a canny opponent trying to maximize his chances to win against you. But as they pointed out, if you like good pitching, this was a good couple of games to see it. And uh, much as we say that good pitching beats good hitting, and certainly it does, uh, good pitching beats bad hitting even more. And you know, like, <laughs> like last night, this, this is what we saw today. We had uh, a good pitcher against a good lineup in terms of the matchup between Scherzer and the Dodgers. This is a full-strength lineup with a lot of very talented, very skilled hitters in it. And then we had a good pitcher against a spring training travel team lineup with a couple of good hitters in it and a bunch of, of, of journeymen and first-year players who, while they're you know, putting together a, a pretty good showing for themselves, looking where they're coming from, it's it's a thin lineup that you don't have to worry about top to bottom. You know, it's got a it's got a couple of thorny places in it, and other than that, you know, you're you're pretty much free to to, to cruise along. And you know, Granky and Kershaw both went eight pretty comfortably, and uh, the Nats weren't able to do much with them. Dave, it is kind of tough. And Doug has mentioned uh, John Mattingly setting up the pitchers the way he wants to. Terry Collins also set up his pitchers coming out of the break, so he has his top three going, uh, DeGrom, Harvey, and uh, Syndergaard in the next three starts, so it doesn't get any easier for this Nats with his lineup. And Max Scherzer, 10-8 and eight on the year, eight losses for a pitcher who's doing as well as he was, 2-1 one, uh, one ERA, 2-1-9 fifth. 0.95 walks per nine. He had a streak of 36 and two-thirds without a walk coming into this game. He gave up one of the first to blow that. 39 and two-thirds, I should say. Gave up a walk to blow that, but 185, 214, 299 line against so far this season. The fact that he's lost eight games is just kind of unbelievable at this point. And just, you know, I don't want to say bad luck because I mentioned there is no such thing as bad luck, but today he went out there and pretty much had no margin for error, made one big mistake with that wild pitch, and that ended up costing him the game, essentially. But, Sadri rallied late, as you mentioned, but it was really all the one runs all they needed with Granky on the mound. Yeah, you know, it, it sucks that, that one mistake makes a difference in the game, but when you're in a pitcher's goal like that, that's what it comes down to. I mean, you look at at, um, at Scherzer's eight losses this year, seven, the Nats have scored a grand total of seven runs in those eight losses. So you can't win, um, you know, if the team behind you isn't scoring at all. You know, as much as we say good pitching beats good hitting, um, you know, if you've got a good pitcher, you've got to scratch out a couple of runs for him. And the Nets um, have been in- incapable of doing that, obviously, in his eight losses since they scored a grand total of seven runs. So, um, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that um, that a single mistake cost them the game. But, you know, that's that's how thin the Nets' margin of error is. When you've got your five great hitters in today's lineup, um, none of whom has a on-base percentage higher than 274, not 374, 274. Um, you can't score if you don't get guys on base. And, um, you know, not to, to, to beat a dead horse again, but, I, but I'm going to. Um, Ian Desmond is now hitting 203, 246. Um, you know, those just aren't – they're not even pitcher's numbers. Max Scherzer is hitting better than Ian Desmond right now. Um, you know, it, it's very possible – 
that was just one uh, rehab appearance by by Anthony Rendon, he could get activated tomorrow um, because that's how bad it is that they're going to rush back um, Anthony Rendon off of uh, off of the injury rehab uh, to get him back in the lineup to provide any kind of spark. And I really think that once Rendon is back, we're going to see um, we're going to see Desmond sitting more. I mean, they just cannot afford to keep playing him. They can't keep giving him the opportunity to break out of this quote unquote slump. This is no longer a slump. We're we're at the end of, end of July, and he's hitting 203. He's not getting better. He's getting worse. They need to get him out of the lineup. So at least publicly, even just this last week, Mike Rizzo has said that they're not going to sit in Desmond. They're going to keep running him out there and trust that the numbers on the back of his baseball card are what he'll eventually come around to. But he's going to have to have a heck of a next two months to come even close to what he's done in the last few seasons. Are you with Dave that they eventually have to sit him in spite of what they're saying publicly? Because all you hear from the Nationals, from Matt Williams and Mike Rizzo, is that they're going to keep running him out there and to the detriment of the team at this point, the way Desmond struggled this season. Well, I, I it, it is my opinion that this this franchise is going to give Desmond every possible chance they can. Right now, though, if if the Desmond of uh, of his current stats continues forward for the rest of the season like this, he may play himself out of a qualifying offer, much, much <laughs> less a, a big multi-year contract. Um, I I want to believe, just as as a fan and based on his previous performance, that somehow he's going to shake it off, and he may not get a a season long average that looks like his previous season long averages. The, the hole is just too deep at this point, but it's possible he could come back and in the second half turn in something that looks like closer to his career average. But I, I you know, I, I can't diagnose his hitting. I don't know what's going on in his head. I, I can't. I, I don't know why he's fallen off the cliff. I just know it's been the top article on Fangraphs every time I go over there and the recommended column about how uh, how Ian Desmond has, has turned into a, a black crater of hitting despair uh, every time I go over there. But I, I can't see that the, the the franchise won't, you know, start by giving him some days off to get his head straight that may turn into something a little more regular. Um He's, he's playing himself out of a job here. Dave, going into the ninth inning, it's still a one-run game. Uh, you have a bunch of lefties lined up with uh, Howie Kendrick. Howie Kendrick, right? I'm sorry. But Kendrick, uh, Gonzalez, Andre Ethier coming up in the lineup. Matt Williams goes with Blake Trinan, who hasn't been able to retire left-handers much this year. The odds are against him having success again. Uh, Williams doing his best Han Solo impression says, never tell me the odds. He didn't really say that, but I'm going to use every Star Wars quote I have written down here. But Blake Trinan pretty predictably struggled in that inning. Ends up loading up the bases. Uh, I think he gave up four or five runs. I'm just pulling up my box score here. Five hits, four runs, one walk on the inning. Pretty much blew it open right there. It was a one-run game before he came in. Five-nothing by the time he's out of there. and Just another rough outing by Blake Trinan. Uh, He's not one of the veterans that you're trusting in a track record going out there. He struggled to retire lefties this season, continues to do so, and really had another rough outing there today. Well, if you allow me a Star Wars uh, quote here, this was not the relief pitcher we were looking for today. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. You no, me. I mean, this was – yeah. 
this was total bullpen mismanagement once again. I mean, Matt Williams is managing his bullpen by rote. Um, the Nats did not have the lead, so he could not pitch Storn in that situation, even though he warmed Storn up and Storn was ready to go. Um, they didn't have the lead. So that dictates that you pitch a lesser pitcher. Um, Blake Trinan is a lesser pitcher. Um, he has... Um, he has utility. He is good against right-handed batters. He is not good against left-handed batters. So uh, in the case in a one-run game where you've got where you can anticipate two left-handed batters pitching in that inning, you should not pitch him. But Matt Williams continues to do so, and training continues to fail um, when put in those situations. So, yes, this is once again a case of bullpen mismanagement by the manager. I just know he said that we have a counter-argument here from him. At least he hasn't pitched, trying, and that is. So he's a guy that we can go to. He's our long guy. If we tie the game, he can stay in the game. Uh, if he gets through that inning easy, he had a good matchup for Felipe Rivera with the lefties in the previous inning. So he was going with the matchup there and the numbers. But I had to get him out of there with Aaron Barrett coming on to finish the inning there. So he was left with an option there. Casey Jansen already pitched. Uh, so... I don't know. They, they keep going to try, and if he's in the bullpen, they're going to use him. He continues to struggle against lefties, so I, they have to either find a spot for him, doghouse, or just use him as a ruby, as uh, Jim Myricks on our site has been calling him recently, just only against right-handers at this point, the numbers he's putting up. <laughs> well, you know, to, to, to quote Rumsfeld again, uh, you, you go to the game with the Dodgers with the bullpen you have, not the bullpen you wish you had. And uh, we can argue, I don't know, maybe, maybe uh, he could have gone with Solis there against the lefties and, and played more of a, a, a real in-inning matchup game. But uh, trying to manage for the possibility of the tie and extra innings, okay, I can see it. You're, you're not setting trying enough for, for real success there because, you know, you've got a couple of tough lefties in there. Maybe you can make the argument he got baddest a little bit on a couple of those hits. But... Uh, you know, uh, you, you cook with the ingredients you're given. And uh, maybe Williams could have done a little bit better there, but, uh, you know, the, the Nats didn't scrape out the one run it would have taken to get to extras, much less, uh, you know, go ahead and, and actually put the game away in the bottom of the ninth, which is, you know, if you go all out and you burn everyone and uh, and, and don't go ahead, you know, then, then what do you do if you make it to extras? Two quick notes as well. 0 for 1 with runners in scoring position today. I think they were 1 for 2 with runners in scoring position yesterday. It was an opportunity against Kershaw. So, like everyone's mentioned here, they're not getting the opportunities that Matt Williams has talked about all season. If you keep creating them, you can cash them in. But neither of these pitchers for the Dodgers were giving up much of anything. So, regardless of what lineup's out there, I don't know how much you're going to generate against these two. Dave, I got a trivia question. It's up for you. Do so you get the first crack at it today? Zach Greinke up to 43 and two thirds innings uh, without allowing a run. Passed Clayton Kershaw today for third on the list. Kershaw is at 41. Can you name the two Dodgers pitchers that have a longer scoreless inning streak now than Zach Greinke? Well, obviously Oral Hershiser. Yeah, obviously Oral Hershiser, and I believe number two is. uh, I can't come up with number two. So I have to guess. Dave got it right with the first one. Oral Hershiser, the longest scoreless inning streak, 59 scoreless innings in a row, which is kind of ridiculous, almost as much as Cranky, what he's doing right now. But number two on the list, any guess? Uh, 
oh man, Hershiser was the one I know. I knew. I don't know. Um, Drysdale. Oh wow, we got the trivia question right today. Fifty-eight score, fifty-eight scoreless for Drysdale is number two on the list. I think that is the first time we've gotten the trivia question right. I wish I had some sort of bells and whistles, but I'm in the press box at Matt Park right <laughs> Work now. Work on the soundboard. I'm already yelling too much and feeling like a jerk. <laughs> we'll move on from there. Uh, if you didn't believe the Nationals going to win, I find your lack of faith disturbing. That's my last quote. I also had one here about Liberty dying with the Nats dropping two or three uh, to the Dodgers today and Liberty dying with thunderous applause. That's all for my Star Wars quote of the day. Dave, going into the series with the Mets, uh, we got Zim out on rehab today. Played the game for Double A Harrisburg. Worth says uh, a week or two away. Rendon, you mentioned. Dan, I didn't really like this report. Record his own shot in the back where he's been having the problems all along. It doesn't seem uh, to me, even though it gets him on the field, hopefully sooner than later. But what do you think of the walking wounded at this point? you think Rendon's most likely the first one back? Yeah, you know, I, I think we're probably going to see Rendon back uh, sometime this week, if not tomorrow, uh, early uh, in the week. Um, I think Zimmerman's going to need uh, probably, you know, a week to ten days to, to round into shape. He says that uh, the back comes around a little bit, but he's going to have to test that foot playing a couple of days in a row to see how it's going to respond. Um, Worth um, is a slow goer in spring training, so it's no shock that he's going to need um, another week or so. Uh, you know, the span, uh, you mentioned you got the, the cortisone shot. Um, you know, hey, they're not going to resign him for next year anyway. So if, if they degrade his overall um, overall uh, competency uh, by shooting him up and getting him back on the field for this year, then, you know, what do we care? We're not going to have to worry about him next year. I, I say that flippantly. It's, it's, it's not good for these players to, um, to, to take cortisone shots like that in order to get back on the field. We saw the long-term repercussions to Ryan Zimmerman and to Danny Espinosa when they played through injuries in 2012. Uh, hopefully this is a case where um, they're just managing pain instead of masking an injury for Stan. Yeah, especially with the back. That just really worries me when I heard that this morning. But we'll see what Stan's able to do. Can't ask for a better guy and a better production out of him the last two years. So if he has a possibility of getting that free aging contract, you want to see him be able to get it, but not at the expense of his back. So we'll see what happens with Stan. Matt's drop a 5 nothing decision tonight, 49-41 and 41 on the year. Matt Harvey against Gio Gonzalez tomorrow night in National Park. I've got to drive home to New Jersey, so I'm out of here. Talk to you guys soon. Matt's nightly sponsored by the district sports page at federalbaseball.com. Signing off. Go Nats.